Good evening, uh, brothers and sisters. Welcome to this online service. We have entered into a new season. God has been preparing His people to enter into the promised land. He has been working in our midst, getting rid of things that shouldn't be there in our spirit, in our mind, equipping us so that we are ready to cross over to enter into the promised land. And uh, for it to happen, it doesn't just by prayer, it doesn't just by wishful uh, thinking, and then it will happen. But rather, it takes strategic thinking, planning. You know, the promised land is not a place where we have been before. We do not know what it's like. So that's why we need to send out spies to, to spy out the land, to gain knowledge, to have information so that we can strategize, we can plan how we are going to make it happen. Right? So it's very important that as a church, we need to plan ahead so that things will happen as God wants it to be. So, tonight, I want to share with you the importance of having a kingdom mindset as we move into the promised land. The purpose of moving into the promised land is not the milk and the honey. A lot of Christians, we enjoy the blessing, we enjoy uh, the prosperity that God has given to us, the milk and honey. But we miss the core of God. We miss, miss the purpose of God. The milk and honey is to bless us, to fulfill the covenant, to cause us to be a blessing to the nations, to build this holy nation in the promised land. That's the destiny, not the milk and honey. So we must have this kingdom mindset to realize the promised land is for us to establish the holy nation to be a blessing to the nations. So God is establishing His covenant as we enter into the promised land. So in this journey, it could take generations to fully enter into the promised land. Abraham Abram started the journey in faith, in obedience to God. But in between, there are transitional points or destinations that God will take us through until eventually we enter into the promised land. So Egypt is one of those transitional locations that the nation of Israel moved into because of the famine. And God wants to use Egypt to be a mighty blessing to the Jews so that they, with that milk and honey, with that wealth coming out of Egypt, and then they will be fully equipped to enter into the promised land. But the nation of Israel overstayed in Egypt. 
And if you overstay in Egypt, you will end up to be the slave of Egypt. You will end up to be the slave of that system. So through this experience, we know that God can bless us anywhere. Anywhere. But the important thing is, if you overstay in the place where God has not given to you as the promised land, you will become a slave in the area. So there are people who end up in Egypt, we are so blessed. You know, that is a transitional place. But we stayed there. We didn't want to go. God wants us to move on. God wants us to move to to build that holy nation, to fulfill His kingdom purpose. But we are so blessed, we refuse to move. And as a result, we become a slave to Egypt. And that's what happened. And uh, so, the questions that you have in mind is this. Are you telling me that there's only one place that I can be? And all the other places, you know, a transitional place? Yes. Because the Bible clearly says, He has drawn the line where you should be. You know, we read, we, we, we learned that in time past. So God has a destination for you. God has a place for you where He wants you to fulfill your plan, uh, His plan and purpose in your life. And so we must enter into our promised land, even though Egypt may be good, but that's not our destination. It's a transitional point to equip us for the promised land. And so, isn't there other place? How can it be, you know, then, then that make me wonder whether I'm in the right place or not. You see, you can request God to give you the land where he is not intended. But there is a condition. So in our story, you know, remember the Reubenites, the Gatites, and the half-tribes of Manasseh? When the nation of Israel was moving towards a promised land wanting to cross the river Jordan, but these two and a half tribes realized on this east side of Jordan, the land is so good. The land is so suitable for their, their animals and cattle and, well, whatever they, they, they have. And so they want this to be their promised land. They want to stay here. And they come to Moses to make this request. And they have a good offer. They say, if we don't go, well, we don't go over, then we won't share in the land on this west side of uh, the Jordan. So that means the rest of the uh, nine and a half tribes, they will have more land, isn't it? Well, it will bless them. Like, We're not going to fight for them for the, for the land over there. Just give us this land. Look what happened. Moses initially was very angry with them. Later on, we will realize why. And so these people they come back to Moses again. And then they make this offer to Moses. Let's read it in Numbers 32, verse 16 to 19. Then they came up to Moses and said, we would like to build pens here for our livestock 
and cities for our women and children. But we will arm ourselves for battle and go ahead of the Israelites until we have brought them to their place. Meanwhile, our women and children will live in fortified cities for protection from the inhabitants of the land. We will not return to our homes until each of the Israelites has received their inheritance. We will not receive any inheritance with them on the other side of the Jordan because our inheritance has come to us on the east side of Jordan. So can you see? This is their proposal. Our children, our wives will stay in this land that we wanted. But we, all our fighting men will go over to fight for the other tribes until every one of them has gained their inheritance. Only then we will come back to our wives, to our children. So because of this offer, Moses granted their request. So that's why I said, can you be in this place where you have chosen because you are so blessed, you want to continue to live in this blessing? Yes, you can. But only if you first of all fulfill God's calling, God's purpose for, the, for His kingdom, and then you can come back. Otherwise, you are sinning against the law. Let's read verse 23 of Numbers 32. But if you fail to do this, Moses said, you will be sinning against the law and you may be sure that your sin will find you out. You see, they sin against the law not because they have done anything wrong, bad, wicked, no. They just fight for their families. They just care for their family. They just choose the best for their family. But they neglect the kingdom of God. They fail to fulfill God's kingdom purpose, the calling God has placed on the nation. So that's why we have to have a kingdom mindset. We cannot be thinking just for ourselves, for our family, for our tribes. We got to think about the, 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 the holy nation, the church, the body of Christ that Jesus has set us in. So Moses said, if you do nothing to help, to advance the kingdom of God, you didn't do your part to fight, you are sinning against the Lord and God will not let you go. Your sin will find you out. Okay. But what if they refuse to fight? They refuse to leave their family and children behind. Look at verse 30, Numbers 32, verse 30. But if they do not cross over with you armed, they must accept their possessions with you in canon. Can you see? If they refuse to leave their children and wife behind, then they cannot have this land as inheritance. Then they will have to cross over together with the rest and have a share in the land over the other side of 
Jordan in a promised land. So you can request God to give you the land that you wanted, but not His plan. But only if you fulfill the kingdom purpose first. You see see it there. Otherwise, you just follow the rest. Right? You just follow the rest and and get your share over the other side of of the Jordan. So, we must have a kingdom mindset. We must think of the whole nation, the church, and not just ourselves and our family uh, and tracks. Understand the kingdom purpose in the promised land. And then, secondly, we must help one another to inherit the promised land. Why is that important? Why is that important that we must work together? We must be one. God has, you know, we realize God has been speaking. One, united, unity, working together. Numbers 32 verse 6, Moses said to the Gettites and the Reubenites, should your fellow Israelites go to war while you sit here? You do nothing? You just watch when your brothers and, and, and your, the, the, your, your nation, your Israelite, go over to fight, to fight the giant. You do nothing, you just watch. You know, how many people in church, we see that, oh, there's that few that is serving, busy, but you just watch. You just do nothing. Oh, I'm a Christian. Yes, I go to church. I pray. Oh, God bless me. God bless my family. If you did not help, you did not, you do not have a kingdom mindset, you are sinning against the law. Look at the next verse, verse 7. Why do you discourage the Israelites from crossing over into the land the law has given them? Why do you discourage them? He said, no, I didn't do anything. I didn't discourage them. In fact, I blessed them. I told them, you know, you go over. You can have my share over the other side. I'm not going to go there to fight with you for that land. But the Word of God says, you discourage the Israelite from crossing because you are the stronger one. You are the smarter one. You are the more capable one. You're the one who inherit your, 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 your promised land or your land. In fact, you are the one who speak up and request for it. And when you do not go, when you just watch, when you're not involved, you're discouraging the rest from serving. You know, we think that Oh, I'm just one person, so insignificant. What difference does it make? But remember the principle of God. One chase a thousand, two chase ten thousand. So it's not so much you, just one person, insignificant. But can you imagine if you didn't join in, 
the one person can only defeat 1,000. But when you join in, it take over 10,000. So can you see, if you do not get involved, if you are just watching, if you are just couldn't care, I want you to remember you are sinning against the law and your sin will find you out. God will hold you accountable. God will ask you one day to be responsible. And so I hope that we will all wake up and, you know, every one of us know that it's a kingdom that we got to establish or advance and, and be part of so that none of us are just sitting, watching and not helping. Right. He said, why do you discourage the Israelites from crossing? How serious is this sin? Yeah, I know if I don't get involved, yes, if I get involved, they will be encouraged. There'll be more people, yes. But how serious it is. Look at the next verse, verse 8. This is what your fathers did when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to look over the land. After they went up to the valley of Esco and viewed the land, they discouraged the Israelites from entering the land the Lord had given them. You know, when you are not involved, when you are just didn't, didn't really put yourself into it, you are just like those 10 spies who came back from spying out the land and give the bad report and discourage the people so that they refuse to go into the promised land. Your sin is, is the same as them. It's just like that. And as a result, God was so angry. God refused to allow that whole generation, the whole bunch of people to enter into the promised land. They were destroyed in the wilderness. So that is the seriousness of our sin. When we just think about ourselves, we just think about our family, our tribes, and we refuse to help the rest of the tribes, the rest of the family to enter into their promised land. So, you know, the Reubenites, the Gettites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, how many of them? We're talking about strong, mighty warrior. Look at uh, 1 Chronicles 5, 18. 1 Chronicles 5, 18. The Reubenites, the Gettites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh had 44,760 men ready for military service, able-bodied men who could handle shield and sword, who could use a bow, and were trained for battle. Could you imagine if the army was short of 45,000, almost 45,000 people? How weak that army was become. How discouraging it is because all these are strong, mighty fighting men. So God wants us to send the best. God wants us to put the kingdom first so that we'll fight for the kingdom. God wants us to know how to sacrifice. 
because to leave the family behind, to leave the wife and the children in this land is dangerous. It's not safe. They have to trust God because they know what God wants. They have to trust God. They have to sacrifice. And they, they will not come back until the war is over, until every tribe takes possession of the promised land. Well, you know, how, how long does it take? I don't know. Years we're talking about. And yet they have to live behind. So it's great sacrifice. And they were willing to do it because they unite themselves with the rest of the nation. And even if one or two tribes enter into their promises, it still doesn't fulfill the purpose of God because the purpose is to establish a holy nation. So we got to understand this. And uh, so God will hold us accountable if we do not help. Let's read it again in the Numbers 32, verse 14 and 15. And here you are, a brood of sinners, standing in the place of your fathers and making the Lord even more angry with Israel. If you turn away from following him, he will again leave all these people in the wilderness and you will be the cause of their destruction. You will be the cause of their destruction. Make no mistake about it. God is so, the word of God is so clear that God will hold us accountable because we didn't help our brothers and sisters. We didn't help the weaker one to enter into the promised land. And as a result, they are destroyed in the wilderness. So I hope that gives us a very clear understanding about how we should be one, how we should be involved, how we should work together as one and see the kingdom of God extended. And then the stronger one will have to lead the weaker one. The stronger one, these two and a half tribes, will have to lead the weaker one. Some of them probably just as strong, but, but the strong one have to lead. Look at Joshua 1 verse 12. But to the Reubenites, the Gettites, and half tribes of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, The Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men, ready for battle, must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them. Okay? So you see, the stronger one, you take the lead. So that those who are weaker, they feel safe, they feel protected, they feel there is a strength to move forward, to fight, or else they'll be so discouraged they, they, they will not want to cross because they know the giants are there. And we've got to go ahead of the battle. So you see, there is sacrifice. When you go ahead to face a giant, the first person to die is you because you're in the front line. 
But that's, that's the kind of kingdom mindset that we have. Okay, so these this, uh, two and a half tribes, I said they are really godly people. They're successful. And so they submit to leadership. They submit, they know. They know you've got to submit to leadership. They submit to Joshua. They said to Joshua, where you send us, we'll go. What you command us to do, we will do. They will obey. And they're committed, totally committed to their brothers until every man enter into, occupy their own land. Let's read Joshua 1, 15. Until the Lord gives them rest as He has done for you. And until they too take possess, uh, have taken possessions of the land the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan towards the sunrise. So the instruction is very clear. You know, it's only when the nation is established, then you can go back. You can go and enjoy you know, what God has, has done for you and for your family and for your children. But remember, seek first the kingdom of God. We got to see that the kingdom is established. And when we do that, we will be mightily blessed as well. God did not have us to fight for the rest of the tribes, sacrifice, and then Give us nothing. But He blesses us. Look at the end result in Joshua 22, verse 6. Then Joshua blessed them and sent them away. And they went to their homes, to the half tribe of Manasseh, Moses had given land in Bashan, and to the other half of the tribe, Joshua gave land on the west side of the Jordan with their brothers. When Joshua sent them home, he blessed them, saying, Return to your home with your great wealth, with large herds of livestock, with silver, gold, bronze, iron, and a great quantity of clothing, and divide with your brothers the plunder from your enemies. So God is a very good, fair, and just God. As we help those brothers, as we help those the rest of the tribes to enter into the promised land. God said, you have to share in the plunder. And because of this, now they are even richer than before. Now they are having great wealth to bring back to their children, to bring back to their wives. Gold, silver, bronze and iron. Wow. And, and many others, great quantities of of clothing and, and herds and livestock. Can you imagine when we serve God, when we serve God's kingdom, God always bless us with more and with extra. Far much more than we can think. But in the midst of serving God's kingdom, God's people, we will encounter people who are selfish, self-centered, wicked. When you have helped them, they refuse to share the plunder with you. They want to grab everything for themselves. But that is not God's principle. God's principle is that those who help you, those who fight for you, those who stand by you, 
they will get equal share of the plunder, of the profit. They have a, a, a share in it so that they are blessed too because they help you. So we must learn, those of us we are receiving help, we must learn never to be selfish, self-centered. Always understand God's principle that those who help us, they deserve to be blessed. They deserve their share in the plunder. Never forget that. Okay, so I hope this is a clear picture strategy that God has set in His Word for, to help us to move forward so that we can really enter into the fullness of what He has for us, enter into the promised land and the holy nation will be established and His name be glorified and every one of us will be so blessed as a result. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the plan and the strategy and, uh, and the revelation that is from your word. And we pray that, Lord, we will be able to work this thing out in your church in this day and age so that your kingdom, the holy nation, will be established, so that your name will be glorified in the nations. Father, continue to multiply us, continue Bless us, continue to cause us to be strong, to take possession of the promised land that you have given to us so that your name, your name alone will be glorified. We thank you, Lord. Bless your people, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you again next week. Bye-bye.